Oh hey, you're listening to Pep Talk, a podcast launched during the national lockdown in April 2020 to celebrate and support our favourite New Zealand businesses. Join Grace Creft, ex-lawyer and former owner of Sweet Bakery and Cakery, to hear about how some of our favourite businesses built their brands, the ups and downs along the way, and what we can do to support them, both now and once business as usual returns. So, are you ready for a little pep talk on your coffee break? Then here's your host, Grace. You would be kind of forgiven for thinking that this week's episode is a solo pod again, but no, I do actually have a guest joining me today. We just sound kind of similar because this week's guest is my sister. That's right, I am so excited to welcome my sister Fran Drager on for Pep Talk Topic Chat today. And though it's not totally random, Fran has a background in marketing and graphic design, which has led her, via some working in some awesome marketing roles in New Zealand businesses, to launch her own boutique creative and branding agency called Design Fetty. Nowadays, uh, as well as working as a creative account manager at a media agency, she also runs Design Fetty on the side, as well as raising her two amazing kitties. So, of course, when I was looking at what kind of topics that we might cover on these topic chats, branding was right at the top of that list. So I knew straight away that I just had to twist Fran's arm to come on and share her wisdom with me and you guys. So today we're going to be chatting all about things like why building a brand is so important, what that even means, like what is a brand, Uh, who are you going to work with to create your brand, and some tips and tricks and red flags and things along the way, plus of course we will totally geek out over some of our favorite businesses packaging and branding and design so let's get stuck in hey Fran welcome welcome to pep talk how are you going I'm good thank you so much for having me (laughs) you're welcome so for everyone listening um Fran is actually my sister we do have different surnames because we're both married now but um I've known her for quite a long time (laughs) Um, and I haven't just roped her to come onto this because she's my sister and she was an easy yes but actually because she is very helpfully uh expert in branding and marketing especially around small business so I thought it would be really handy to get Fran on just so that we can pick her brain a little bit on one of these topic chats to cover all things branding and marketing of course which is really handy for people starting a business or even people who are um, taking their business to the next level or maybe doing like a project like a blog or a podcast like I am so let's start off as is always helpful with a bit of background so Fran has got friends studied marketing and design at uni and she's had several roles in marketing plus she's had her own boutique branding agency so maybe Fran I won't say it all for you do you want to give us a little bit of a background on you and what your experience has been in and your kind of journey uh to where you are now just as background for us Yes, okay, I'd love to. Um, So I, as you've mentioned already, I did study marketing and graphic design at Otago Uni um, quite a long time ago. (laughs) Um, (laughs) um, I then got a graduate role at L'Oreal when I I left Otago Uni and I did three years there in the luxury um, products division. I got to market some beautiful products um, while I was there, like Longcom makeup 
and Amani fragrances. So um, that was quite an exciting way to to start my career. Um, and there was lots of good freebies for the family. There were yeah. amazing freebies. <laughs> I'm actually still living off some of those um, some of those products, which is bad if you're in the beauty industry. You'll know they shouldn't be around that long. But um. <laughs> <laughs> I am too. <laughs> Um, and then I missed um, Grace so much that I decided, no, I missed my family so much that I decided to move to um, Wellington. And I actually got a marketing role at um, Shell, it was at the time, just before they were about to rebrand to Z. Um, and that was an amazing company to work for. Um, so I actually stayed there for seven years. I learned heaps and I had so many cool um, development opportunities while I was there that it went by um, really quickly. Um, and then I left to go on maternity leave and have um, my baby, Arlo. Um, I've always had a really big passion for design. So while I was on maternity leave, I actually, for the first time, I guess, had a bit more space, not time. <laughs> As anyone who has a small baby will know, there's not there's not a huge amount of time, but just, I guess, headspace to really think about it a bit more and do a bit more of it. Um, and that's when I started Design Fetty, which um, was a, or is a boutique creative studio that designs um, brand identities, packaging and collateral for small businesses and social enterprises. Um, so I particularly loved working with those conscious small businesses while I was doing that. Um, I actually was just listening to the Dignity um, podcast on Pep Talk. So Dignity were one of my clients, which was, um, they were really cool to work with. And I also worked with um, some other brands like Clean Beauty Collective and Petite Eats. Um, so I did that full time for a couple of years. Um, and then I got the opportunity to work at an advertising agency as a creative account manager on an amazing um, New Zealand brand. So that is what I do now. And then I do Design Fitty in the evenings and on the weekends. Plus, <laughs> so my- <laughs> yeah, plus now have two children. <laughs> yeah, so yeah. A, that's a lot to throw in because Fran works. So Fran works four days a week, like pretty much full time across that. And then also is kind of keeping Design Fitty going. So there's a lot going on. Um, but yeah, fantastic experience. And I'm interested as well, just while we're talking about your past experience, maybe you can tell us for people listening, like what that change was like for you going through those three roles from going from like high end luxury makeup product and and perfume and things onto petrol which is quite (laughs) a different change and then again from that onto doing your own business like what how did you find that um and what was kind of your favorite part of all of that uh yeah I mean yeah so different um I really enjoyed different aspects of each of those roles I guess so um at L'Oreal, um, when I was working as a product manager on Longcom, it was much more um, of a roll across the marketing mix. So I would, you know, select the products that we were going to bring in and launch in New Zealand and do the pricing for them, um, decide, you know, how they were going to be merchandised and then also do the marketing communication. So it was a, a much broader kind of marketing role. Um, and then at um, Shell slash said I was much more focused on marketing communications. I got to work on the rebrand, which was an amazing opportunity. I don't think there's many times in your career where you get to um, change a hundred year old or work on the change of a hundred year old brand. So um, that was that was really exciting. Um, and then I guess starting my own business, I um, being able to do the design side of things was just 
um, you know, that's my dream job. That's the, you know, they always talk about doing the job that you would do if, if no one was paying you. So design is that for me. So um, I loved doing that and also just loved the fact that I did have a different perspective um, to some designers just because I did work client side beforehand. So I kind of, you know, knew what it was like to write briefs and, um, you know, think about marketing and that sort of thing as well. Yeah, totally. And I think from like what I heard about what you were doing, your clients really value that, that it's you're not just like executing a design. You were much more doing like strategy and, you know, more of that like higher level stuff. And, and like you called it the brand identity, which is the whole like personality of the brand rather than just like literally the logo, which is what some people probably picture it as. Yeah, I can't ever imagine just designing a logo because <laughs> I don't even know where I'd start. Like I have to really dig into um, a brand and understand you know, if, if the positioning's not worked out, um, work out the positioning, like who the competitors are, who the target market is, all that stuff, which I know we'll talk about a bit more later. But yeah, I can I, I can't imagine just picking up a pen and trying to design a logo without having worked out all those other things first. Mm, which is why it will have all been so good and so successful. Like, yeah, if you guys have a look at Design Feedy, is still on Instagram, so you can see some of the people that Fran worked with um, and Dignity, like you said. And then I, we actually do have another Design Feedy alumni coming up on Pep Talk soon as well, but I won't say who it is. Yay! Yet. Yeah, so I've, I've trawled through your past clients and some cool <laughs> businesses to talk to because I obviously heard all about them from you and I know yeah put some really cool stories in there as well so great to know the background and you guys can trust that from all of that Fran is very qualified to share all of this wisdom with us about branding and everything today so maybe it kind of makes sense to start uh, while we're talking about this with why this is even so important um like why does a small business or someone starting a project like a blog or a social enterprise, why do they need to have a brand? That's a big question. But let's start with that. <laughs> okay. I've got a few reasons. Um, so I may I may be biased, but I honestly do think um, that branding is everything. Um, I, <laughs> I do think it's one of the most important investments you can make when you're starting a small business. Um, I guess it uh, you know some of the reasons it identifies your product or service to customers so it lets them you know if they're standing there looking at a row of products that it identifies yours um, it tells people what you do um, and why you do it um, makes you stand out from your competitors and and the more competitors there are the more important branding is so um, you know as, as you know the, the amount of products available it explodes and continues to explode I guess branding becomes even more important because it's that way of differentiating you know differentiating yourself from your competitors um, connects you with your target audience so it, it allows you to build that emotional connection with your with your customers your target audience um, it also gives people a real kind of credibility and confidence. So credibility, I think, um, you know, if you're if you're launching a business and you're, you know, talking to retailers or, um, you know, going out and, you know, pitching yourself, it kind of gives you that that um, credibility to do that, but also probably more importantly, that confidence. Um, and I've really seen that, um, actually, especially with some of my uh, small business clients who were marketing themselves as a service. So, you know, really experienced um, uh, people who, you know, wanted to work with, with businesses and coaching and that sort of thing. Once they had a brand behind them, they really like flourished. It gave them a, a lot more confidence. Um, 
and last but definitely not least I think it helps you to attract and retain amazing staff so people you know want to work for businesses with really cool brands and they want to stay working for them then you know motivated and excited to work there and be part of it 100% agree with all of that and and all of the things I've done I've always like a brand has been one of the starting points or branding uh and so yeah I I definitely agree on that I think I like I have heard the opposite view come out I think that people are sometimes a bit divided on that like especially when businesses are starting out some people say don't really bother with branding at first just get started and you can add those like they call them like nice things or whatever later I think I've heard people call them people call it procrastinate branding like <laughs> that you're just you're so scared of getting started that yeah. you're like just you're stalled on getting your brand um, and you never actually get started so hey, what's your take on that have you heard that come up before yeah I mean yeah I I, I do understand that um and I you know yeah I mean you definitely could start um you know start simple start small um and then look to do something further down the track when you've got a bit more momentum behind you but I yeah I think ideally you would do it up front because I just for all those reasons I've just talked about but really I think um you know giving you know starting on the best possible foot and you know putting your best place forward the, the first time you meet your customers like your brands out there you know and your products out there meeting your customers you want to kind of show them you know you've only got one chance to make a first impression so um yeah I do think if, if at all possible but I do understand there are so many constraints um with starting a small business and so many priorities so um you know I know it's a juggling act but yeah I do think it's pretty important um and I guess <laughs> I guess um one of the things I've always kind of thought about is um, this, the, it's not a not a quote as such, but people talk about how whether you invest in branding or not, um, you have a brand. Um, so you can either let that perception be formed accidentally by a whole bunch of haphazard kind of interactions with your product or service, or you can be really intentional about it. Yeah, that's a good way of thinking about it. And so true. Like a brand exists whether you've created it or not, I guess. So it's yeah. Just, yeah. I mean, if you create a, if you create something in PowerPoint and stick it on a bottle, you've got a brand. Mm. Um, and, a you know, your, your, your product's out there um, and people are forming perceptions. Um, and, you know, you may only get that kind of one chance to have that first interaction with them. So um, I think it's pretty important to get it right if you can. And the other thing in terms of small businesses in particular is that they don't tend to have those big budgets for advertising to really form that emotional connection and um, drive loyalty with customers. So, um, you know, every touch point does have to work really hard, like packaging has to work really hard. Um, you know, when the part, you know, if, it, if it's a product that arrives in the mail, the tissue paper that it's wrapped in has to work hard, like everything has to take on a, a much bigger role um because you don't have the huge advertising budgets to put behind it mm, and I think the thing as well with saying like that you're going to start uh, off with what you've got and then like redo it a bit down the line when you've got more money or time or whatever I would say one thing that I've noticed is it's surprisingly hard to to redo stuff like that yeah. you know, like once you've started and you've gone down a certain role like like path like you've got your that logo is on everything and it's printed on postcards and it's on your boxes and you're like oh just get new ones but you won't like it, it takes a surprising yeah. amount of money and effort and time to rebrand so like if you can I totally agree getting it right from the start is 
is the way to go. Um, and something that you said there about those touch points, I think kind of leads it on, us on to talking a bit about what actually is a brand. Because like we mentioned earlier, it's so much more than just a logo. So maybe you can kind of take us through what you see as being the key components of a brand fit from your where you come at it from. Yeah, absolutely. So um, I guess one of my favorite quotes to describe what a brand is, is um, what people say about you when you're not in the room. <laughs> um, basically, it's how people perceive your business. So um, that perception is shaped by every experience or interaction um, with your business. So logo is one of those elements, absolutely. But along with your product and your packaging and your website and your social media and your collateral and your service, like the way you answer the phone the way you um, reply to customer emails or answer social media questions, um, how you work with suppliers. Like sometimes people don't think about those kind of behind the scenes interactions, but they're all your brand. Um, and, you know, the way you deal with complaints, it's, it's across the spectrum. It's kind of every interaction with you does um, shape that perception. So true. I used to say uh, when I talked about this in the context of Sweet Bakery was that it was even like the way that we drove our car. Yeah. out that was branded like it was just so down to like every basically just all of your behavior and your values and your decisions that you make it's kind of like you know how you call it brand identity it's kind of like it literally does have like an identity as a person yeah absolutely and I think, you know, it's not just, uh, this builds on that, but it's not just how you look, it's how you sound, it's how you, you know, it's, it's your tone of voice, it's, it's, it's um, you know, there's so many elements to it. Some of that will come from your personality, I guess, as like a small business owner, because that does, and we talked about, I talked yeah. about this a bit on my last topic chat about growth, is that a lot of those values just come from you yeah. as you, as you grow. Um, but then some of them you do need to be more deliberate about and kind of stricter on not just letting them happen naturally. I guess. Exactly. You might be a bit more intentional about shaping some, you know, or bringing some of them more to the forefront and leaving some of them more in the background, you know, like. <laughs> but you're right. Yeah. When you're a small business, it really is very much wrapped up with you, but you're still choosing kind of how you put that out there and which parts you put out there. And Yeah. We, we, um, you mentioned budget, which is obviously a big thing for someone starting a business or a project, like especially a project, like you, you don't have much money money basically um and I imagine that a lot of people like they're gonna know that they need a brand um but paying for it is really hard like finding the budget for it and prioritizing that over like I don't know buying equipment or paying rent or something um it's always there's always a sacrifice or a compromise in starting out a business so I'm sure people would be keen to hear from you what kind of budget you think like you'd recommend someone assigning towards branding when they're starting out a business or a project? Yeah, I mean, it does, there is a huge amount of um, variables in there in terms of, you know, there's no kind of set uh, costs for um, that kind of work. But if you were to want, you know, assuming you want to work with someone who's kind of an intermediate level um, freelancer or, you know, small studio, um, you'd probably find that they would charge around two to $3,000 for a brand identity, um, which, you know, includes 
the logos, the fonts, color palettes, the patterns, social media profile pictures, maybe some basic collateral, so like a business card, that kind of thing. Um, if you work with, you know, big agencies, you're looking at the tens of thousands of dollars, but, um, you know, there are some good options around that kind of, um, you know, working one-to-one with somebody who's a freelancer or a small studio um, that makes it a lot more affordable. That does, like, come across as quite affordable in the scheme of things. Like, say, if you're starting out a business, um, and I mean, obviously it varies heaps depending on how much equipment you have to buy and, and things like that. But say if you had like a $10,000 budget, like spending 2000 of, of that on a really great brand that's done by someone who knows what they're doing seems like a very good use of that part of the budget. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I, I think so. <laughs> and obviously there are, um, you know, there are ways to do it for a lot less. If you have design skills or you have friends who have design skills then or a design eye, then that might be something, you know, there are programs that you can do it in yourself. But yeah, if if that's not your thing, um, then I would definitely recommend working with someone who's, um, you know, got that, that design experience. Hmm. And it's just about like um, what I've talked about before about knowing your own skills and knowing what you can do and knowing what you need to outsource, you know, like how I don't not good with numbers and math. So I'm like, okay, I need an accountant. Yeah, definitely. But I could probably podge together a logo myself, but I couldn't podge together some accounts. So you just have to know what you can, what your own strengths are, I guess. Yeah, I think so. And also, um, yeah, I guess like that your time isn't free either which I'm sure you've talked you know you've talked about when you're talking about that but you know if you're spending (laughs) weeks on trying to create something um that's not free time that that's your time that could be put towards other areas of your business so I guess it's kind of prioritizing what you spend your time on versus what you you know outsource yes that's so true and in terms of like who you've talked about um who working with an agency and obviously budget is going to come into who that agency is um a bit i imagine but can you give us some wisdom around like how to find an agency like or a designer or freelance designer who to work with like what to look for when you're trying to choose them like where do you even start as someone that wants to do this like are we talking about googling like branding agency wellington or what how do we find them yeah, I mean, you could, you could start with Google, but I guess you tend to get the, um, you know, you probably tend to find the bigger agencies mm. if you, if you Google that way. Um, I actually, I mean, one thing that's always good is talking to family, friends, um, business contacts, finding out if they um, know of anybody or have any recommendations. I also um, love, like, um, you know, I do this when I'm looking for like other people to collaborate with or printers or things, but finding brand identities that you love and then finding out who designed them and that's quite easy nowadays um through things like instagram and pinterest you know you can go down rabbit holes and actually find out um who designed that um brand identity that you lust after and you love um things like the best design awards are a really good place to look as well because they you know obviously say who did the work um and there's a international website called the die line which again is amazing for if you're looking at packaging finding you know amazing packaging packaging designers and packaging um, printers and that sort of thing. Um, so yeah, that they're all kind of good places to look. There's also, um, it's actually 
fairly recently that it's launched, I think, but um, a New Zealand design slash creative directory called High Street. Um, and you can browse by service on there. So it's all about, you know, um, vetting designers and creatives. So it's not just, you know, anybody can't just stick up their hand and get on there. Um, they have to go through a bit of a process. And you can go on there and you can filter by, like, if you want somebody to help you with branding, then you can, it shows, you know, all the brand designers. Um, and likewise, if you want a photographer, it will show you, you know photographers um so that could be quite a good way to go about it Mm, that's a good tip um while we're talking about this i should say be aware of websites like fiverr (laughs) i wondered if that might come up um i just think you know if it sounds too good to be true like anything in life it probably is um you know if someone can design you a brand identity for five dollars or even fifty (laughs) dollars um they're probably not going to be putting a huge amount of time and thought into it um, because they can't afford to. Um, And then the other tip, just generally when you're looking across the, you know, when you are looking at people to work with, just make sure that you love their work and that you think it's, you know, perfect for your target audience and your brand because there's no point working with somebody if you don't love the work that they, you know, that they create because you'll be – you know, you'll constantly be, you know, that, that, yeah, you go and find someone who you do love their work. Uh, I think that's a really good point because sometimes I feel like there's a temptation if you find someone to work with and you kind of start to try and force a round peg into a square hole or whatever they say, like, yeah. you're like, okay, well, their work isn't really what I want, but like, I'm sure that I can just like tweak what they do and it'll turn out into what I want. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And then you'll end up, you know, directing the design, which is not what you want. You're working with an expert for a reason. So you want to, you know, trust their expertise. Um, so, yeah, definitely make sure that, you know, you look at their work and you and you love it. Mm. It's not really fair on anyone, right? No, no, yeah. absolutely. You know, that there's clients and, um, you know, designers out there for everyone. So make sure that you find the right fit. So now that we're kind of imagining like you've got, you figured out what your budget is and you've found who you might work with to work on your branding, talk us through the process of like how you as a designer actually create a brand identity. Like what are you looking at? What's important? Um, what, yeah, like what's the most important stuff and what do you have to research before you do that in terms of like your customers and stuff like that? Yeah, absolutely. So I, um, always start with a brief <laughs> so I'll always say you know start by sending my client um a bit of homework to do first um and this is you know I recommend that they kind of go somewhere and um you know really think about this properly but um you know they've put down everything they know about who their target market is, who their competitors are, you know, how they see themselves positioned in the market, you know, what their aspirations are for the business and their goals, all all that kind of information. So that's all the kind of, I guess, homework that I like to get back before I even get started. Um, And then I start with, we've already talked about this a little bit, but I start with the brand strategy piece of work. So that's where, you know, I take what's in the brief and kind of build on that and do research, like, you know really dig into it and kind of put it into um, a document to present back to my clients so um, yeah that's generally covers you know who target who the target market is who competitors are potentially you know positioning in the market um, what your brand personalities are usually I'll ask some questions to kind of dig into that in the brief often and um, the businesses I work with don't don't know that when they write the brief but I'll kind of ask some starting questions and then I'll look at their products or their services and kind of expand on that um, 
and boil it down and then I will do my absolutely favorite part of the process or one of my favorite parts which is um, the mood board um, generation so I'll kind of you know based on all of that information I'll start to pull together a mood board of how I see their brand coming to life visually and present that piece of work um, to them so um, all of that kind of thinking I guess is done before I even you know pick up a pencil and start designing um, and once that's approved then I move into the design stage so that's where you know pick up a pencil start doing um, start doing some sketches I generally do words as well as drawings so I kind of um, I guess it's just the, the way my brain works but I'm you know I'll do like a you know uh, I think it's called a spider diagram where you kind of put a whole bunch of words relating to things as well as sketches so I kind of don't just um, conceptualize with sketches so I kind of do brainstorming like that um, and then I take it onto so I do that kind of offline before I take it um, into the computer um, then I <laughs> open up a huge illustrator board and start kind of bringing so you know fleshing out some of those concepts a bit more um, and getting you know getting a kind of favorite concept or couple of concepts that I'll present to the client um, from there if they um, you know love the concept then I'll build it out more and um, then start to work through collateral and um, you know business cards and social media pictures and all that sort of all that sort of thing so translating it into those other items and how do you like know <laughs> I don't know how to ask this question properly but like you know you say like you you take the information about their customers and and their strategy and stuff and then you create the mood board like that's the step where my brain's like how do you know like what how do you know what speaks to those customers is that just based on your gut instinct your natural like ability or do you have to research that bit as well um a bit of both but i'd say it's generally instinct driven um i usually have a pretty strong feeling um and obviously you know i look at you know i look at inspiration but it is usually quite yeah i usually get quite a strong kind of vision i guess mm. don't want to sound too woo woo but you know like i get i get a sense like a I feeling like woo -woo. <laughs> you know i like woo -woo. <laughs> yeah and it does seem to be the way yeah like and i guess it's because you do take the time to really get to know your clients and what they're trying to do and them as people and stuff too that probably helps quite a lot yeah absolutely and i i often do just present one concept like i um you know i don't think there's any point presenting a bunch of concepts that you don't feel strongly about because um, it kind of risks that the client will pick one of the concepts that isn't as strong um so i do tend to you know i mean it depends on the client and the and the and the concepts that i've generated but i do tend to have a really strong you know recommendation and that and that's what i recommend um so yeah i guess it is pretty pretty instinct driven <laughs> um and you kind of touched on like rolling out the branding so you mentioned like social media posts and business cards and things like that talk us through that step of it because that's kind of like the rest of the life of it i guess you know like what you do is the birth part <laughs> and then at some stage and i'm sure you do help and support but at some stage the brand has to go forward and live and exist in the real world um what's that part of things like like what's important there is it like about consistency and brand guidelines and stuff how do you manage that part of the process yeah absolutely so I tend to um develop a couple of things for my clients depending on their needs so sometimes it's packaging because they've got a product that needs to go into retail stores so it'll be you know I love developing 
you know, the packaging for them. Um, but other times it'll just be, you know, social media, digital kind of, um, you know, a banner for their Facebook page and a profile picture and that sort of thing. Um, and then I also, um, I, pr I provide them with a folder of every kind of logo they could ever need <laughs> in all the different formats of so print and online and all that sort of thing um, and some style guidelines. So, you know, when they do come to either apply the brand, the brand themselves or if they work with another designer um, at some point and they need to apply the brand, then they've got kind of all the components that they need. Um, I do often as well provide like a pattern as part of the um, as part of the outputs so that you know if you're kind of down the track and you're needing you know something to go on tissue paper or something to go on the back of a business card or something there's kind of those layers of brand elements there so it's not just you know you're not just looking at a logo and kind of going yeah what do I do with that? If that's the kind of stuff that you get from working with an agency um, or a freelance or someone rather than doing it yourself or, or just getting like a logo or Fiverr like you're not going to get that full yeah. like, personality well I've heard, I've heard of you know people getting logos off those kind of websites and they literally will just get a logo in one format and then they come to do something on the track and they're like ah, I've only got a pdf and I need it for online or you know like they don't know kind of what they because they, they don't know what to ask for and so they're just getting you know the absolute like because they're the bare minimum um but that's kind of um, causes problems down the line. So I actually have worked with companies who have encountered that problem and then they've come to me to fix it. <laughs> that must be fun. <laughs> we started from scratch. Yeah, I was going to say, do you just have to start again? Yeah. yeah. What about rebranding? Because this is something that comes up, I guess, so far we've kind of been talking mostly about um, new businesses or new projects, but at some stage in the life of a business, they need like a bit of a refresh or they need to just to, to stay up to date because, you know, like trends and what's visually appealing changes quite quickly. So I'm interested to hear what your thought is on how often a business should be thinking about rebranding, if at all. I don't know. What are your thoughts oh, on that? I, that is so hard to give a one-size-fits-all answer mm. for. Um, but I don't know. I, I guess it's probably something that you would want to look at every kind of five to ten years um, just based on – I mean, you know, I tend to – try and avoid um, very trend-based design for that reason because it does age so quickly, you know, like, um, you know, there's a, a real trend at the moment, for example, for boho, but if you go and design something that's really kind of, uh, you know, boho um, look and feel, then it will date really quickly. So, you know, I tend to try and if, if people are really keen on having those kind of elements as part of their brand or they really think that's their brand personality, then I tend to try and kind of weave it in through supporting elements. So it's not the logo itself. It, the logo itself is a bit more timeless. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. That kind of feels about right, but it really does um, depend on their logo and <laughs> many other factors. Yeah, and I guess business changes a lot too, doesn't it? Like what your business is yeah, on day one. Yeah, what your products are. Yeah, yeah, super different to day, year five. Yeah, so, definitely. Yeah, you probably have a feel for that, I guess. But I imagine that you want to be cautious about not doing it too often, like on the other end of the scale. Like you don't want to be rebranding every six months or every year because that's just Absolutely. confusing. yeah very confusing you would you would really you know customers really um consistent branding are the really key element in terms of building trust with customers so if you're rebranding all over the place um then i think you would probably um confuse people um and potentially lose them as a result i think um i kind of had a note it was actually kind of you know really tempting when you look at platforms like canva 
where they have lots of different fonts and lots of different colors. And, you know, I feel like a lot of um, small business owners will go on there and it's great because it's a really easy to use platform compared to teaching yourself um, Photoshop or InDesign or Illustrator. Um, But it can be very tempting to, you know, try a different font or try a different color or, you know, um, try a different pattern that's, you know, not not your brand. Um, And there's this saying that we always – refer to in marketing around like just when you're starting you know just when you're getting bored of things your customers are kind of just starting to get used to them yeah because for you I think I definitely feel like for you when you're working with a brand you you totally do get bored of it because you're like day in day out same 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 but you have to remember your customer only comes across it like whatever once a month or something I don't know and they haven't seen it nearly as often as you have. Yeah, definitely. And I think it can be really temp, like, you know, shiny new things. You can get like really distracted by um, trying different things, but that is, um, it is really important to be consistent when you're trying to build, when you're trying to build a business and a brand. Mm, Because it's so true. It does freak you out. Like even just thinking about going to the supermarket and you know what you're looking for and you're looking for that certain packet or that certain color even like you don't even see the brand you're just looking for a color and then if exactly. it's different you're like oh, where is it gone i'm freaking I mean, out <laughs> i personally get really excited when um products rebrand <laughs> but <laughs> but you know if you look at like um what brands do when they rebrand like you know i'm talking about big brands but you know products on supermarket shelves when they're going through a rebrand they you know they take customers on a journey they really like prime them for a couple of months out that they're you know, look and feel is going to be changing and, you know, and then it's often, you know, just a small tweak. It's kind of, you know, gently, gently kind of making sure that people come with you on the journey. Not just suddenly slapping it on one day. <laughs> yeah. Like, we look different now. Good luck finding us. <laughs> yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, um, this is probably a bit mean, but do you have like a favorite brand that you've worked with ever or created? What's you, what have you most been drawn to, I guess? Ah, that is quite mean. <laughs> um, I love working. I, I think I love working with like conscious um, businesses. So, um, and I find you know a lot of businesses are really trying to do their best in that way. So, make choices that are you know not just good for business, but good for the environment and good for people. Um, but I really love working with businesses that are being particularly mindful about that. So, um, I did work with a couple of social enterprises. Dignity being one of them, but also the Good Registry um, was another. And I just love, yeah, I love working with with businesses that kind of um, cross that intersection of kind of business and values, um, you know. Um, And, you know, even Clean Beauty Collective is kind of another one where, um, you know, clean beauty and ethical products is really at the core of what they do. So really enjoy, you know, found it really rewarding working with them as well. Um, cool. So before we wrap up, uh, I would really love to pick your brain a little bit and maybe have you got like some top tips or something that you can share for small businesses that are trying to figure out this whole branding world? What can you share? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I think one of the things that I guess really sticks out to me is having been on all sides of the kind of client designer agency spectrum is how important it is to put time and thought into that brief. I think, um, you know, when you're on, when you're client side or so when you're a small business, you're often, um, you know, just doing it to get it off your desk. Um, but creatives really do use that brief as the North star. So you really want to make sure that you've actually thought about what's in it. It's okay if you don't know all the answers, but just make sure that you're thinking about it and 
and putting thought into it, not just getting it off your desk as quickly as possible. And we used to have a we used to say kind of shit in, shit out when it comes to <laughs> when it comes to briefs. Like if you don't put the thought into it, you kind of get what you deserve when it yeah. comes to the result. Yeah, that's good. I that. haven't heard that before, but I like it. <laughs> it's like kind of true for a lot of things in life, though, right? Yeah, absolutely. And you know, yeah, those kind of you know key inputs in the brief are really what what designers and creatives will kind of draw on and keep coming back to. So, you know, if you get it wrong or you lie, not saying if you get it wrong, like not to put a lot of pressure on, but you know, if you're just kind of rushing you're it, half ass it, yeah, yeah half assing it, then you will probably get a half assed result. Um, or at least a whole bunch of questions. Yeah. <laughs> um, and the other one, I guess, um, when I was thinking about small businesses and brands and what really, you know, sticks out to me time and time again is the saying that God is in the details. Um, I think that details are what absolutely make people fall in love with brands and really build that loyalty. Um, and that's something that I am always probably harping on to my clients about but things like you know again I know it's a balancing act and you can't necessarily do all the things um but things like gold foil and textures and those sorts of details are what really elevate a brand especially if you're going for that kind of premium positioning if you think about some of the brands that have been on pet talk like fix and fog for example um I love their jars I'm such a geek but you know how they've got um embossed along the bottom they've got like make the most of your toast and it, I keep those jars every single time because I, I love that along with the little seal that they've got in the gold foil yeah. I just think those things are what like take it from being just another peanut butter or just another you know nut butter to being one that I want to you know I really have an emotional connection with and I want to buy again and again and again that's so funny because when I see that so for people listening that's like actually on the actual glass they've got their own jars printed with this with their phrase and their logo and it's funny what we see what we see differently when we look at that because all I see when I look at that is like the volume that they must have had to order to get this done <laughs> and how much it must have cost <laughs> I know but it's worth it isn't it worth it <laughs> oh I agree it's worth it but I guess like it's funny just like um the intersection of my what I do is is slightly more operational uh and so I'm just like, I know budget budget <laughs> and I know like it's all about choices and you know there are so many things that you're trying to prioritize when you start a business so I'm not saying you've got to do all of those things all at once but I just think where you can consider yeah, yeah. and um, you can do them in different ways right as well like you, when you start out if you're starting a peanut butter company you might not be able to get your jars printed you know like embossed on the jar at first but like I heard a talk from Pick while we're on the peanut butter rant um Pick from Pe Pick's peanut butter and he couldn't he couldn't get the like um, lids printed so you put a sticker on them at first and then that eventually when he could afford to buy enough to get them printed got the star printed onto the lids instead and now it's really iconic part of their brand so I guess it's like focusing on the details but doing them in a way that's manageable Absolutely. at the stage you're at yeah. yeah I think so and I think like even you know things like um, you know a lot of businesses do this now but it's so special how and um, small businesses take the time to write a little note that goes in with the order that sort of those sort of little touches they don't have to cost a lot I mean obviously that is time but um, they don't necessarily have to cost a lot in terms of ordering embossed jars but um, those sort of little touches really you know humanize your brand and um, give people a reason to connect with you emotionally mm, especially in the days of uh, online ordering you know like you've talked about tissue paper already 
for like those little details on the box like if you are getting your box printed like stop and think about it about where you could add a little touch like on the flap when you pull it out like a little note or a cute little saying or a smiley face Again. or something yeah, yeah. Yeah. complete brand geek but I love my coffee supreme coffee comes in um, a box with some cute little you know it's got some cute little sayings around you know we eat coffee for breakfast which is obviously their tagline but that's on there and there's some other you know just those sorts of things that just kind of really elevate the brand and make that make that difference yeah I like that I got a Wellington chocolate factory deliver, uh, delivery today and it had with love from Eva Street on it which I thought was oh nice. cute yeah. and chocolate yeah. Nice. <laughs> it's the new coffee uh, chocolate with Ooh, Havana, is good? Havana coffee weights. Yes, it is. I, I ripped it straight open and tried it. It's good. <laughs> the, coffee, the coffee's quite subtle, but it is a really nice, like, gentle combo with the milk chocolate. That's great. That means you can eat it in the evening and, you know, not be wired all night. <laughs> I don't know about that. Too far, friend. Too far. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Sorry. I've digressed into talking about packaging, but uh, that was perfect. That's, there's so much good stuff in there, and I think lots of practical stuff as well so I will try and pull out I know you made some good recommendations about websites and things like that so I'll try and pull out those so I can include links in the show notes as well for people to click through and have an explore and of course also send people to Design Feedy to have a nosy at some of the work that you've done so do you want to give us a little plug for where we can find you? Yeah, sure. And um, so these days I am on Instagram. I don't post that frequently just because, <laughs> as mentioned, it is my, my evening and weekend um, job. But yes, come check me out there. So at Design Fetty on Instagram. Yeah. Uh, and I will link to that as well yeah. and tag you too. So thank you. Thanks for sharing all of your wisdom. I loved that chat. Uh, and it's I obviously have seen you work through all of this um, as a sister, but it's really nice to kind of pick your brain a little bit professionally as well. So thank you for sharing that. It's okay. Thank you so much for having me. I um, love the pep talk podcast. So I'm really excited to be one of your guests. Thank you. You're a great supporter. I really appreciate it. <laughs> all right. Bye. Bye. Yeah, so again, maybe I am a little bit biased because she is my amazing sister, but I really did just think that that chat with Fran was really packed with lots of practical tips and some tricks on branding and what that really means for someone who's starting a business or a project like a blog or something. I think because like Fran said, she's kind of worked on all different sides of the marketing and business equation it just means that she's super practical and realistic with her advice and her approach for this whole area so thank you to Fran for sharing some of your branding wisdom uh, we might need to get you back on for another chat to cover marketing because we got so into the branding chat that we didn't even end up touching that whole marketing side of the equation Thank you to you guys for coming along for this chat with us and sharing some of the sister love. Uh, you can follow both of us, both me and Fran, over on Instagram. I'm peptalknz, Fran is design, at designfetti. See what we're up to and um, come along and geek out with us a little bit more on some of our favorite branding uh, and design and packaging. So see you there. Until next time, bye.